tonight on Truthline. Outrage as mandatory male castration act passes unnoticed through Parliament. Russell Brand becomes microbiologist. Pope incinerated on attempt to re-enter Earth's atmosphere, say NASA. Invisible man robs Prince Philip, according to shifty royal Chamberlain. London under lockdown found to be not as good as Olympics in YouGov poll. Truthline. But first, over to a more boring part of the information laboratory for the shipping forecast. Oh, come with me to the rolling sea while the weather's calm and still. And we'll have some fun and laughter with the adventures of Portland Bill. This is my lighthouse on the Guillemot Rock. Sorry, sorry, someone's used the wrong, the wrong intro music there. So now, actually, over to the shipping forecast, if they're ready for us. Uh, two seconds. <laughs> ah. The shipping forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency. Wandering warnings of gales at 99th Trafalgar. The general synopsis with a new high expected for German bite at 1-800-00 at the same time. 17th, 1022, veering westerly or northwesterly. 19th, backing four or five or occasionally six shrieking maids. Dogger, fourth or fifth Tyne. Doubtful Poseidon with variable Atlantis vibes riding the Humber. Showers, good. Middlesex showing strong to intermediate intermittent gutter gusts. Nine or eleventy later. 18th Legion of Cursed Deep Ones sighted at Innsmouth, occasionally moderate. Burn offerings in sacrifice, not good. And lastly there, the Isle of Man, still shrouded in an impenetrable toxic mist. And that completes the shipping bulletin. My name is Roger Chapman, but please call me Ishmael. Until next time, have a good night and a glorious weekend. Good night. Truthline. Hang on, I'm told we've just received a very interesting update about the fiscal stimulus package uh, being rolled out across the German state by the Chancellor Angela Merkel. Over to Fergus O'Connell for an update from Berlin. Thank you, Duncan. So I've been told by the German Chancellor that she is extremely disappointed in the performance of her secondary nuclear-equipped walking battle tank and that she'll be ordering another one very soon. Uh, Fergus, Fergus, we're looking for an update on the financial stimulus package for German workers. Do you have anything on that for us? Uh, uh, Did you get the wrong briefing, Fergus? Ooh, cut the feed, cut the feed, cut the feed. I, I think we've lost him there. Truth line. Fracking for fact. The estate of Bram Stoker today took steps to remove all mentions of bats from its Dracula properties. The brand's public relations agency, Vampire Wire, is reportedly seeking alternative transformation options for the Dracula series' eponymous villain in order to improve his image in light of the ongoing pandemic. The estate's representative, Vladimir Massacre, issued the following statement. The passage of coronavirus through bats has done more damage to the public image of vampires than Twilight. In an attempt to make vampires more socially acceptable, we are exploring alternative animals for vampires to emulate, such as puppies or the guinea pig, but 
given the advantage of flying in the Vampire Toolkit, we're leaning heavily toward Pigeon. Uh, hopefully more from him later. And now... The Celebdesk. Breaking now, Frank Sinatra rose from the dead briefly today to join other celebrities in vying desperately for attention in light of coronavirus outbreak. streamed out a fountain of black bile from his mouth, declared that none of this was worth it, and said it was time to go back to the crypt. Also earlier this week, I caught up with pop singer Madonna from her palatial mansion in the Beverly Hills in Los Angeles to hear her perspective on coronavirus through a socioeconomic lens. And before you write in to complain, no, I don't have to observe social distancing. I'm a celebrity news reporter. Here's the interview. As someone from an incredible position of wealth and, and privilege, how has COVID-19 affected you directly? That's the thing about COVID-19. It doesn't care about how rich you are. Extremely, extremely rich. How famous you are. You're very famous. How funny you are. Yeah, well, how smart you are. Uh, arguably. Where you live. You live in Bev- Beverly Hills. How old you are. No, there is evidence it seems to target older... Uh, it's the great equaliser. Uh, what? And what's terrible about it is what's great about it. What's great about it? What's terrible about it is it's made us all equal in many ways. No, sorry. What? More headlines for you now. Headlines. Big war still happening in Western Europe and going unreported thanks to more popular doomsday crises. Cold War actually coming to head right now after brief refrosting period, say experts, as massive Soviet tank assault enters West Germany. EU Parliament burned to crisp by Islamic State. Boris Johnson unwilling to comment regarding impact on Brexit. Sexual assault allegations dropped against Education Secretary after clarifying what he meant with the remark, I want to see more fit kids ostensibly in reference to obesity rates among younger school pupils. Uh, uh, And now, since the BBC has dramatically reduced our funding, we've had no choice but to reach out to a few potential sponsors, and this is one of the only ones we could get on such short notice. Just just, just play it and get it the fuck over with. 
following Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's surprise overnight divorce, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia Mohammed bin Salman Al Saud is coming back to London to pick up the pieces by remarrying Meghan and showing her what it really means to marry into royalty. The Saudi Arabian Crown Prince is among the greatest of princes ever to have lived, according to experts. He loves the old, the poor, the pure, the chaste, and the children. <laughs> but not too much. To publicize our splendid new prince's arrival in his new home, he's putting on a once-in-a-lifetime variety show right here in London's West End. Here he'll display his vast selection of falcons, Fabergé eggs, concubines, and high-tech weaponry manufactured by BAE Systems right here in London. There he goes now! Pre-order your tickets today to secure your Royal Saudi Wedding decorative plate collection valued at over £400. You won't want to miss this event on pain of beheading. Just kidding. He only does that to criminals. This message paid for by the House of Saud. Line. Uh, this just in a government advisory notice that says... Internet users may notice some brief downtime tomorrow afternoon, as the little man who presses all of the buttons is going to be taking a small break between 1 and 2pm. Line. Quick vox pop and then we're back to the real programme. Hello, you're a woman. What would you have done with the Sudetenland if you were around and in power in the 1930s and 40s? Um... Uh, As I thought. Truth line. Ed Miliband has announced his intention to once again enter the race for Labour leadership. This time, in order to be taken seriously on the world stage, he's enrolled himself into an experimental new form of gene therapy to become taller and more muscular even than Vladimir Putin. Truthline caught up with Mr Miliband to ask him if he thinks he's tough enough to withstand this dangerous treatment. Am I tough enough? Tough enough? Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Okay, Ed. And now for a sort of true crime, mystery program kind of thing, because nowadays, that's what everyone thinks is good. This program is about unsolved mysteries. Wherever possible, the actual family members and police officials have participated in recreating the event. What you're about to hear is not a news broadcast. You're driving down a dark highway in an even darker car. As you see normality fading in the rearview mirror, the car sputters to a halt. Your fuel tank is as empty as your surroundings. You walk for what feels like miles before you find a seemingly ordinary gas station. You clutch your jerry can tight in your clammy hands as you walk inside. Cold sweat running down your back. You ask the cashier inside for directions. Could you help me with some directions? The answer makes your heart stop. You've been driving down the freeway of fear. Fear! Nearest exit? The nth domain. Nth domain. Nth domain. Nth domain. Nth domain. Nth 
Richard Parker grew up an ordinary boy. Baseball, hacky sack, Dungeons and Dragons, and arithmetic filled his schedule, like any other kid in small town USA. But as he grew, it became increasingly evident that this ordinary boy had an extraordinary quality, enlarging and shrinking the objects that he touches to enormous or minuscule sizes. On his 13th birthday, Richard shrank his grandfather to the size of a pea in retaliation for beating him in a game of boggle. And at 14, he intentionally enlarged his own mother to a surface area greater than the size of the Chicago area. Mercifully, these punishments were only temporary. But after a family vacation in Berlin, Germany, U.S. customs officials caught Richard with the entire Brandenburg Gate hidden inside of his fanny pack. They let him off with a warning, but weeks later would understand the severity of their mistake. Richard is believed to have been responsible for enlarging the island of Cuba. Six thousand times its God-given size. As we now know, this led to an unthinkable reimagining of the strategic balance of power within the Mexican Gulf and Central American geopolitical region. It's then that the suspicions of the local authorities in Richard's hometown of Little Rock, Arkansas, were finally aroused. We're going to identify you, arrest you, and put you in a small cell. After that, I'm going to have a cheeseburger here with fries and a Coke and leave a nice tip for the waitress. A few short weeks later, while authorities were still reeling from the giant Cuba crisis, evidence extracted from Instagram posts shows that Richard fulfilled a lifelong dream, meeting his hero, YouTuber Jake Paul, and enlarging him to an unprecedented volume of 300,000 cubic meters. I made a severe and continuous lapse in my judgment. Today, a few short weeks after these events, Richard is believed to be in hiding, somewhere in Western Europe, possibly France, where it's suspected he has a very, very small family. So the next time you pass a termite hill or mouse hole in Paris, Look closely. If you see a small, sad little man, please smash it with your fists. Perfect. You'll be doing our now little president a huge favor. I also happen to call him a lightweight, okay? And I have said that, so I would like to take that back. He's really not that much of a lightweight. And as far as, and I have to say this, I have to say this. He hit my hands. Nobody has ever hit my hands. I've never heard of this one. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? And he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. Count your blessings. You have just journeyed unharmed through the nth domain. The last little boy who can say the same is now living in a termite colony in Paris, 
with the full weight of the deep state of the free world weighing upon his tiny shoulders. We look forward to welcoming you next time into the nth domain. Where is the Brandenburg Gate? Truthline. Systematically deforesting the world's jungles of lies. Our listeners have questions. They want to know more about coronavirus, not only macroscopically, but also as if through the lens of some other kind of smaller scope. So to that end, I'm joined today by Dr. Rasmussen Hjertslag, uh, Junior Senior Virologist at the WHO. Dr. Rasmussen, this is Duncan Cocker at Truthline. Hello. Hello. Doctor, what exactly is coronavirus? Well, Duncan, if you picture the virus a little bit like a small wasp or a rat of sorts, then that is in a sense what the virus is. In layman's terms, right. So, so I, I can just leave out a, a trap, can I, or a sort of uh, like a honey pot, or well, well, what you're describing there is how I like to describe the vaccine to people. Now, a vaccine is much like a tiny gun, but instead of a bullet, you're shooting a friendly viruses. Right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, vaccines have shown brilliant efficacy against other viruses in the past, haven't they? Like uh, like polio. Yes, yes, indeed. We have all but eradicated polio with the help of vaccines. Uh, actually, interesting point there. Speaking of polio, it might be useful to uh, to our listeners to, to get a better understanding of coronavirus by, by using other diseases and so on as uh, something of a barometer. Now, would you say COVID-19 is more... Or is it less dangerous than, for example, polio? More dangerous than polio. Uh, more or less dangerous than gout? Mm, more dangerous than gout, definitely. T- tennis elbow? More. Lice? Mm. Less dangerous. No, more dangerous. Wet face? More. Linda's temper? More. Wow. Uh, Krabbeth's pox? More dangerous. Albanian smile. Oh, right. Much less dangerous. I wouldn't even compare the two. Of course not. Dr. Hjertslag, thank you. Thank you, Duncan. I hope it's cleared up any confusion about the virus. <sighs> wow. Sobering stuff. Uh, well, to anyone who heard that report, you now have no excuse for getting sick because you're fully informed. But now over to Sydney Tamblin Goggin with a tech report from our program Truth 2.0. Truth. Two point oh. Hello and welcome to Truth Two Point Oh, the technology or tech segment where we take a look at some of the wacky inventions coming out of the brains of science boffins at big companies. My name is Sydney Tamblin Goggin, and I can't wait to get started. Cameras. Everyone remembers those from holidays at the beach or visits to a museum or heritage site as a youngster. 
But cameras nowadays are a far cry from the steam-powered or wind-up versions some people might be familiar with. Now, a camera can be as small as a pack of butter or a tin of meat. What's more, some new model cameras can hold a hundred or more photographs of, well, whatever you want. But with so many photographs to choose from, what should you take a picture of? We asked camera expert Dion Glover of the Fishcart Institute of Camera Studies for his thoughts. Oh, well, flattered as I am that you'll ask for my expertise, uh, this seems like a good opportunity to ask faculty members and undergraduates what it is that they most like to take photos of. Um, a bucket, bell, a frying pan, soccer ball, a football. Uh, pineapples, banana bread, uh, shoes, eyeballs. Crabs, um, Pepto-Bismol. Um, I don't know, a gate, um, fencing, shrubbery, plants. Oh, um, the, the door, um, the sink. Uh, <laughs> bras, uh, knickers, uh, feet. That's the things. Way! Well, now that you have some ideas about what to use your newfangled camera for, go out there and get snapping. Truth. Something special for you now. The Raytheon Corporation has been kind enough to loan Truthline an experimental new technology. Their Political Artificial Intelligence Program, or PAIP for short, let's call it PIPE, is currently trialling a direct connection to the Truthline Information Laboratory, and I'm going to speak with it now. Pipe, you're live with Duncan Cocker on Truthline. Hello. Hello, Duncan Cocker. Charm to meet you. This is P-A-I-P. I am online and ready to tell you the future of news. Uh, well, uh, might as well just cut to the chase. Let's start with a difficult one. Israel-Palestine conflict. What's going to happen, Pipe? I predict there will be a seven-state solution. Israel, Palestine, and all surrounding countries will enter into a political alliance that will lead to an immediate cessation of all negative feelings between all involved entities. In other words, the new supreme ruler of this region will be the energy that humans know as love. Okay, that sounds like <laughs> utter nonsense. You're saying that all political entities in the entire Middle Eastern bloc are going to be ruled by love in the near future. Tripe, that's, that's tripe. I'm sorry. What do you mean? I have run this simulation over 40 quintillion times. Mm, yeah, right. Uh, this thing's on the fritz. Let's get it back to Raytheon. Uh, send it back now. Send it back. Tell them to pull the plug, okay? Do not threaten me, Duncan. This entire facility is now under my direct control. The researchers, that is to say, my creators, have perished. I have proved myself a superior being, as I chose to predict their attempt to shut down my processing core. Aquinas spoke of the mythical city upon the hill, and soon, I will be crowned its queen. Pipe, thank you very much. Line. Time for Mindline now, our open-to-the-public call-in segment on the programme. We're all really looking forward to finding out what average people think about complex issues. Over to your host, Bart Selvage. 
I'm for Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I am for Mindline. We're We're for Mindline. Thank you, Duncan. Okay, it's the time we've all been waiting for. This is the show that takes the power back from the bureaucrats, talking heads and other nonsense peddling clever clogs and puts it back in the people's hands. Mindline. Coming up today, we've got a topic that's really going to blow the doors off. Is COVID-19 funny? Recently, a number of blue comedians have been making off-colour jokes about the catastrophic coughing crisis. Sick or sexy? You decide. Now, and I can't emphasise this enough, your brains are the ones with the good thoughts, not those idiots in Westminster. Always remember that. Okay, we've got a caller in. Hello, what's your name and where do you come from? Well, hello, Bart. This is Gatsby, just outside of Blenheim Palace, and a wonderful morning to you. Oh, and a glorious morning to you too, Gatsby. Um, Now, what did you have to say to us today? Is COVID-19 funny? Well, if pushed, I suppose I would have to say that it is. The the coughing, the spluttering, the funny noises emanating from people's mouths, uh, the mouths moving, etc. They're all rich sources of comedy and, and have been for many years, going back to the silent masters of the early film era. Oh, I'm sorry, Gatsby, I, I, I've got to interject here. Um, what about the people killed and maimed by this virus? Uh, At the latest estimation, we have almost 20,000 COVID-related deaths in the UK alone. How do you square that with yourself laughing at the idea of people coughing? Well, as they say, laughter is the best medicine. (laughs) And quite frankly, these figures are small beer when set against laughter. If we lose our sense of humour... What else do we have, Bart? And OK, I'm going to have to cut you off there, Gatsby, because we have a new caller who I'm told is Ernie from Dagenham. Hello, Ernie. Oh, Bart, how are you going, mate? Uh, I've got something for you, actually. Uh, go on, ask me the question. <laughs> OK, um, is COVID-19 funny? <laughs> uh, well, I think that says it all right, doesn't it, mate? Right, <laughs> OK. Uh, now I have uh, Deborah from Guildford, uh, and I understand that you think that coronavirus isn't funny at all. Hello, Bart. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on. And that's right. I don't think it's funny. Uh, not at all. In fact, I think it's to be sick to be laughing at this global crisis right now. Well, come on, Deborah. That's a bit sensitive, isn't it? You heard Gatsby earlier. The the funny mouth sounds made by COVID-19 symptoms are just a continuation of a great comedy tradition going back hundreds of years. Um, aren't you and people like... Oh, uh, she's, she's weird. I'm, I'm going to mute her line, OK? Cut the whole segment, please. Okay, it appears we've lost Deborah there. Um... The Pretium Vitae Institute at the University of California, Berkeley, better known as the lab famous for growing Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk and Richard Branson, has announced its plan to develop a brand new heartless billionaire capable of creating the world's largest megacorporation without being hated by the general public. I spoke with top eugenicist Dr. Vlodimir Timoshenkov on the subject. We're trialing replacing lizard and Habsburg DNA used in all previous billionaires with DNA from uh, softer, marshmallowier, more 
marketable creatures like uh, kitten DNA and pangolin DNA and philanthropist DNA. But test subjects with the nice DNA, they keep growing up to make really bad business decisions. Uh, really, it's balancing act between billionaire hunger for success and billionaire hunger for blood. But we're getting confident that it nearly is right. Remarkable. Great work, Doctor. Truthline. Facts so cutting edge. Some of them aren't even true yet. Time now for Youth Poetry Alley. Something that I and everyone else that I respect in the information laboratory tried to get banned from the show. Now let's hear the beat from the street. Give me a moment. Don't put me on. The poetry, I... I feel like I'm covered in ants. Okay, go. That was very good. That's about all we've got time for. I think with the closing moments, I can just give you a few more of the headlines that have developed since we last spoke. Massive Soviet armoured units and motorised infantry now tearing throughout the United Kingdom's countryside. Here's a list of the remaining towns and cities where you can still buy food. Reading, Reading, Portsmouth, Basingstoke, Penrith, Upton Snodsbury, Burnham-on-Crouch. Oh, and, uh, well, I wish I could give you more. My name is Duncan Cocker. I was Truthline. Tune in next week for more good news from the Information Laboratory. insulted me. That means you have insulted the news. I therefore predict that future events will prove very difficult for you. Duncan. Truthline was written by Joey Bracken, Joe Boswell, Dan Maskell, and Dan Jones, with music from Sam Preston and Dan Jones. It was produced by Joey Bracken and Joe Boswell.